We'll be looking at 2 Timothy chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. We want to revisit a couple of scriptures that we have already looked at today, but there is a theme involved that we want to look at uh, and explore as we uh, continue our thoughts of uh, finishing up our journey. You know, we spoke all through the summer of the different journeys, the different trips that we have in the Bible, and, uh, and the life lessons that came from these, and of course we begin this morning to look at turning toward home. Uh, both of the travelers that we looked at were thinking about home. Uh, their minds were at home. And then, of course, uh, this passage of Scripture gives, of course, the in indication in one word that Paul knew that his, uh, his home going was imminent. And there's another, there's another phrase in here we want to look at to let us know that Paul definitely was looking at going home and going home uh, very soon. In uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning in verse 1, would you stand as the scriptures read, please? 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who would judge the living and the dead as his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season, out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort, with all long-suffering and teaching. For time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you, be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. For I am already poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, would give me on that day, and not to me only, but to all who have loved his appearing. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for the, for the words you give us concerning our own journey through life. Ask that we would hear them and listen well and apply them to our journey. And Father, keep our focus on what's important and help us keep our eyes on the prize. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Of course, Paul is giving Timothy some urgent instructions, and these are so urgent simply because Paul knew he was not going to be around much longer to give him instructions concerning his ministry in the Lord. And one of those uh, indications when he said, the time of my departure is at hand, and of course, the the actual specific application of that Greek word means going home. But he says something else. He says, I have fought the good fight, and he says, I have finished the race. He didn't say he was running the race, that he was in a journey for the Lord. He said, I have finished the race. And he talks about a race. And so we understand he has finished the race, but we want to look at exactly what he's dealing with when he talks about race because he has used this illustration before. If you want to be turning to the book of Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, and this was while he was actually running the race because you see the verb tense and you see, of course, how he is, uh, he is uh, specifically talking about his own personal life. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, 
The verb tense is in the present tense, not in the past tense. And in 2 Timothy, he's speaking, of course, I have finished the race. But look at what he says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. He's speaking of the present tense, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also lay hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So he's speaking of a race, and he speaks of the present tense. And what he's saying to the Christians at the, in Philippian, Philippi, he said, I am actively running a race. And in verse 13, he says, this one thing I do, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. This word reaching forward is actually means stretching forward. And what he's talking about is a runner, as a runner is getting nearer and nearer, of course, to the finish line, which would indicate, of course, victory. He gets more and more intense, and he leans forward. With everything that he has, he wants to do his absolute best to get to that finish line and win that race. And in verse 14, he says, I press toward the goal. And the word press here, there's no letting up. There's no slacking up. There's no slowing up. There's no taking a breather. He says, I'm pressing. Now, with everything he has, he's talking about present tense. And, of course, he wants to attain the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So we have the attitude of the race right here. He uses the illustration of a race again in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 concerning how do we get there. The attitude for the race is, hey, I'm in it to win it. I want to win this race, and I'm doing my best to press toward the goal. Well, look in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty, Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. Now he talks about running the race. He says everybody runs, but only one person can win. Of course, he's using the analogy of an Olympic race. When it comes to the Christian race, we're not competing against each other. But he's trying to get the attitude here that you run the race to win the race. And that is the attitude we should have toward our Christian life. Not just that we're walking around the course. We want to run and do our absolute very best. But he says this, I discipline my body. That's how you win races. You see, the attitude is, of course, I want to win. 
The action is, in order to win, it's going to take some discipline. And the, the word discipline, of course, we know what that means. It means if a runner is going to be able to win a race, there's some things the runner should not be doing that would hinder his health. The runner should be doing a lot of other things when it comes to track and field, when it comes to basketball. How many hours of training does it take in order to compete in that one race? You see, the, the whole race is not tied up in that however long the race may run, whether it be a marathon or a sprint or something. You see, hours and hours of consistent discipline goes into the fact that that person has trained his body and disciplined his body in order to be able to compete effectively. So the Christian race is not ever so often we decide we're going to get in there and try real hard and we're going to, we're going to put all our heart into it and how's it going to turn out? It means that it's not just a sprint here and a sprint there and an exciting time here. It means daily, consistent discipline in order to run the race. Discipline such as prayer, discipline such as reading the word, all these Christian disciplines, and it comes daily. It's not just a, a haphazard, once and done thing. You see, that's the action toward winning a race. This illustration is repeated again in Hebrews chapter 12, and some specific words are used, and you know this passage of Scripture. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance or patience the race that is set before us. You know that passage of Scripture. Looking unto Jesus, author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let us run with endurance or patience the race that is set before us. Now, this word race is interesting. It is the word agoni, which is the word that we get the English word agony. Now, does it sound like an easy stroll across the racetrack? Absolutely not. It sounds like it's going to take everything we have. And the race he was talking about here, I think we all can say it's a marathon. You know, we got a lot of sprinters. We're going to sprint for a while, and then we're going to quit. We're going to sprint for a while, and we're going to quit. What he wants is people who consistently run a marathon. And that means self-sacrifice, consistent day in and day out and week in and week out all this time. And so we run with endurance or patience. Now, patience sometimes could be seen as we're just passively putting up with the things life brings our way. Or it could mean active persistence to do our best despite what life brings our way. And that's exactly what he's talking about here. The race sometimes is not easy. Now, I've not, I'm not a runner. I've not even jogged. I understand jogging is pretty dangerous because a lot of times you hear these horrible things that happen to joggers, but never runners. But I'm not either a runner or a jogger. But somebody tells me every so often if these guys get into running, they talk about a runner's high. Oh, man, it just feels so good, and you can just run all day. I've never experienced that, all right? 
And most people who run have never experienced that. Most people, it's like your brain is telling you, why, do you, why are you doing this? But in order to run effectively, a lot of times you got to run when you don't want to. You got to run when you don't feel like it. You got to train when it's not a good day. You train when it's a good day or a bad day or when the conditions are. You got to just keep after it. And that's what he's saying. We run with persistent, persistent uh, action to continue to put some effort to running the race. So here's what we have we have Paul talking about running a race. While he was in the race, he gave us the attitude. And then he gave us the actions. But now he's talking about past tense. I have finished the race. But one key detail that's in the Greek that sometimes doesn't translate over to some English translation. It does in the King James Version it does. The New King James, I noticed that this article is not in there. He says, of course, it is mentioned in the King James Version, uh, the New King James, I have finished the race. The King James says, I have finished my course, my race. That's important. Because we talk about the Christian life being a race, it's easy to speak in generalities. What we talk about is the Christian life being my race. Then it begins to hit home. You see, in the uh, Greek games, which Paul was speaking of here, and you see this, of course, in a lot of races, every runner had his own lane mapped out for him. Now, of course, in a, in a, a race, it's all going to be pretty much the same for everybody. But in the Christian race, we have our own race. He said, I finished my race. Couldn't finish anybody else's race. My race is my responsibility. And he said, I finished my race. He says this word, my race, again, in the book of Acts chapter 20, verse 24, when he's talking to the Ephesian elders, he says, I want to be able to say that I finished my race with joy. My race with joy. So we understand we all have a race set before us. Now here, here's, I believe, the, the key point here. The key point is not that we're going to finish our journey or our race. The key point is how we're going to finish our journey. How we're going to finish our race. Paul said this, I fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. I have finished strong. I have finished strong. It's not a question about whether we're going to finish. Hey, this race is going to be over for all of us. Here's, here's the bad thing that we're dealing with when it comes to the, the, the illustration of a race. If, if somebody runs a, a 5K, you know about how far you're going to have to run, don't you? You kind of have the, the, I'm going to go from here to there. With the Christian race, I don't know where the finish line is, do I? You don't know where the finish line is. If we're going to finish strong, what does that mean about when we should be running strong? All the time. All the time. We don't know where the finish line is. 
Paul knew it was coming for him because he was in the dungeon about to be executed. He pretty well knew he had finished his race. No more running for him except writing those letters, which, of course, was part of his race. But he knew that the finish was coming. We don't know when it is. So is it ever a good time to slack up? Absolutely not. We finish strong. I don't have any idea what's going on in a lot of the other ministries that's around and what other pastors are doing and not doing, but obviously the, the folks at seminaries do. And I want to tell you, both seminaries that I attended, uh, when I attended seminary, the, last, the first one was back in 08 and, and, and attended that seminary, and then the other one finished up, of course, in 14. I attended two seminaries, two seminaries that are totally unrelated. And you know one of the major themes that they wanted to be sure, they wanted to be sure and communicate to the pastoral students was this. Guys, please finish strong. Please finish strong. There's a problem in churches today and in the ministry in whole where people are not finishing strong. They're not finishing strong in the ministry. That too many people are being sidetracked and they're leaving the ministry and they're not finishing strong. You know, I think that that could be translated over to every one of us because the church needs every one of us to finish strong. And Paul wasn't talking about finishing the race. We're all going to finish the race. He was talking about how we'll finish the race. There's a compliment that is sad in the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians chapter 5 verse 7, he gives them a compliment. He said, you did run well. Then he says this, what happened that hindered you? Whoa, you were running good. What happened? May that not be said about any of us, that Jesus would say, man, you were running really well. Let's be sure we're running well now. Is there anything before we close? Let's stand and be dismissed with a word of prayer. Thanks for coming back to church on Sunday evening. As we're dismissed, Brother Lavelle, would you dismiss us, please, sir?